This show is supported by generous listeners like you through our Patreon. This episode was underwritten by the Tamsin G Association, Warrior Queen, and Chris Giddings. To learn more about ways to support Oh My Dollar and get cool perks like cat stickers and a fancy special cat icon on our forums, you can visit ohmydollar.com support. Welcome to Oh My Dollar, a personal finance show with a dash of glitter. Dealing with money can be scary and stressful. Here we give practical, friendly advice about money that helps you tackle the financial overwhelm. I'm your host, Lillian Kerbake. I'm your other host, Will. Will, the leaves are starting to fall, and depending on where you are in the world, it is time for back to school. <laughs> back to school for other people. <laughs> for other people. Luckily, not for me anymore. I'm very happy to be past that point in my life. But I, the, we have a lot of listeners who are just starting out at college or they're going to grad school. Um, and I figured, like, what better time to offer some advice for folks on like what I wish I had known when mm-hmm. I was in school. Um, and I think I mentioned this before in the show, but I went to college late. I went to college in my mid-20s, so I already had some of the like adulting skills before I went to college. Um, but I think that in many ways is true of a lot of people. Like It's very common to go back to grad school later on or, you know, just take a couple years off so yeah though it does seem pretty comfortable to go to college or school without any adulting skills yeah it's all (laughs) over the map it's all over the map so i thought i would share some different tips some of these are going to apply just generally to like any kind of country or college system and then some of them will be specific to the states but the biggest one which is true for everyone school or not american or not is tracking your expenses such a big deal that's vital. You gotta. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I, we talk about it all the time in the show, but like, I think it's really easy to convince yourself when you're first starting out that like, if you don't have any money, you shouldn't bother to track it because like, you're like, I know everything that comes in and goes out. But it is especially early. If you're like living in dorms and have a meal plan and really don't have a lot of expenses, then that is the perfect time to try out different systems and develop a system that works for you mm-hmm. for your money. But the other thing is like, man, I, should, I wish I had done that in college. I know. <laughs> and I mean, the other thing is too, is you, it's hard to know what things cost, right? Unless you were like paying bills for your family as a kid, uh, it turns out that you don't really know what a lot of things cost uh-huh. kind of real life <laughs> things. And actually figuring out a system by tracking your money, you can get a good idea of like, where your money is going and you can see how things change over time and that that really really helps and i know so many folks that are in college that are like oh i don't spend that much money and then they realize that like they're dropping you know a couple hundred bucks a month between like snacks at (laughs) the late night convenience store beer coffee and like sephora runs mm-hmm. <laughs> and yeah, well, like, and then like college dining plans and housing are all very inflated right totally <laughs> and that's one of those things where i think it's easy if you have like a meal plan and dorms because that kind of all gets negotiated and you pay it like in one lump sum generally and it might be getting paid by student loans or by someone that's not you it's easy to think like oh, I don't need to worry about because the rest is just so tiny and like this isn't part of my essential expenses. But you 
can it can make such a huge difference to be tracking those expenses early. And then one of the big things is that you can make sure that like if you get an aid refund or a loan refund check, <laughs> that you don't spend it all in two weeks and mm-hmm. then spend the rest of the semester being the broke person. Right? Just saying you should have a budget. Yeah, have a budget. <laughs> I mean, it's not really that surprising that I said that, but it's you're just in such a good playground for trying different things out. Um, and you can you know take it quarter by quarter or semester by semester, try a new system, see if it works, see if you're feeling better. And it it will make a huge difference when you go like, oh, I really do spend that much money on the camp at the campus coffee shop. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Right. Um, and there's a bunch of different things out there. We talk about this all the time in the show, but like you might be able to use an app. You could use a spreadsheet. You could use a bullet journal if you like to make things look pretty. Um, but just find a system that works for you. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so the next tip is working a job or having a side hustle can make a huge difference in your finances and your work experience, right? So it's one of these big things where like, it can actually help you find a job after graduation to have a job when you're in school. Mm-hmm. So uh, it can, it, and it can also help with your studies. Like you can get jobs as tutors on campus and then you're actually like essentially being, having whatever you've learned reinforced as you explain it to someone oh, yeah. else. You well, know? I remember some even lower key work study jobs and I was in lots, lots of building monitors, which was essentially you got to sit here, do your homework, Two hours. <laughs> yeah, right. I, I worked computer user services um, when I was at school. I worked a bunch of different jobs on and off campus. But one of the jobs that I think was like the most valuable to me was working in computer user services because it turns out that like network administration skills and customer service mm-hmm. and like ability to like identify what's going on with the computer has has paid off. I've never like directly worked in IT or tech support since then, but those skills have trickled out in so many jobs. Oh yeah, well that's just stuff that's worth knowing as a person. Too. Right, right, totally. And this is one of the big things that I want to emphasize is that really even if you can only get a couple hours, it can make a huge difference. By working just 9.5 hours a week at minimum wage, that's equal to $9,500 in two years. And that's mm-hmm. only if you work during the school year. And it would cost you $109 a month over 10 years to repay that if you took that out as a student loan at a 6.8% interest rate instead. Oh, wow. So, okay. So that's, that's a good way to look at it. Yeah. You <laughs> save over 3000 in interest by just working 9.5 hours a week during the school year. Hmm. So I like to talk about this thing I call the wage substitution rate. If you're thinking about taking out student loans um, versus getting a job, your hourly wage times your interest rate is your debt substitution rate. That's a really, I think, a really big deal to understand. And um, you you can do really cool things with work study. So like, Uh, Work study, a lot of people think that just means working any job on campus. But if you're in the States, part of the your financial aid package, if you're lower income, might actually be what's called federal work study. And federal work study is super cool because, one, it's it's part of your aid package It's included Mm -hmm. as part of your age package. So it calculates towards the amount of aid you receive. So if you don't work hours when offered federal work study, you're getting less than the full aid that you're entitled to. Okay. Um, but the other cool thing is that you can set up your own work study off campus and you are not limited to the jobs on offer on your own campus. You can use that funding to work at a 501c3 or a government agency. Oh, interesting. Huh. So, so I was actually... So even something like topical to maybe what you're studying. Yeah, yeah. Or, yeah. If you're willing to do the legwork and um, turn in the paperwork and everything, you can actually set up essentially a paid internship at a bunch of different nonprofits 
which everybody knows most nonprofits don't pay their interns. So if you're looking to getting into a field that has a lot of unpaid internships, but you qualify for federal work study, you can probably get a paid mm. internship using that. I was able to support my work at a local nonprofit that I was already working at 10 hours a week with a federal work study grant, which was awesome. It didn't cost the organization any money other than like they had to sign my timesheets. And I was able to get paid for the work that I was already doing. Um, That's a neat concept. Which is really cool, and a lot of people don't realize that. Um, and if you qualify for federal work study, as long as you work five hours a semester, which is not that much. No. Um, you, <laughs> what, half an hour a week? Right. You will qualify for Medicaid, usually, which is uh, low-income oh, health wild. insurance. And you will also qualify for SNAP, which is food stamps even if you don't work the 20 required hours a week. This isn't universal across the board, but usually in most states, to get food stamps, you need to work 20 hours a week if you are a full-time enrolled student. However, if you qualify for federal work study, if you work any number of work study hours in a semester, you then qualify for food stamps. Huh, that's so, cool. Um, it's really, it's like a thing people don't really know and don't really appreciate, but if you have federal work study um, as part of your aid package, it's super awesome to take advantage of it. Um, oh, the next advice. We're kind of kind of transition into the do your research part of the advice. <laughs> but um, it was coming. Yeah. <laughs> if you've got loans, understand the loans that you are taking out. This is one of those things where it sucks that we make 18-year-olds sign pieces of paper that can indebt them for 20-plus years. Mm -hmm. Um a lot of people do not understand the loans that they are taking out, and they also feel like, oh, I, I'll just accept, hit the accept button on whatever's offered to me. If you want to try to understand the loans you are taking out, which I highly recommend, go to the financial aid office, talk to them, ask about what the different loans are like, or log on to the student loan data services. You should have a login. It's usually the same as your FAFSA login. Um, figure out what the repayment options. I actually highly recommend the website studentloans.gov. Um, it is like the only government website I think is like functional or helpful. Um, <laughs> but it will walk you through the different types of loans. Understand that not all student loans are the same. For example, Perkins loans have much better repayment options and they pay the interest while you are in school on them. And they even have a cancellation program if you're going into teaching in K through 12. So, um, which is different than the um, public service loan forgiveness, which is a nightmare we've talked about before. Yeah. <laughs> but Perkins loan cancellation will cancel your debt over five years um, by a percentage each year if you work in uh, as a teacher. So th this is one of those things where like you might not realize like if you turn down your Perkins loan and accept your Stafford loan, you're actually doing yourself harm in the future because they have less repayment options. Um, and really important is that private student loans have the least amount of repayment options. You can't consolidate them or refinance private loans into federal loans, there's a lot of options in which you cannot discharge or turn them into, you know, you can't use public service loan forgiveness on private loans. You often can't use different kinds of ways of repaying them back. And uh, they usually have the least flexible repayment options like income-based repayment or income-contingent repayment. Some people will have to take out private student loans. That being said, it they're usually you want them to be your option of last resort so right. make sure that you max out all of the federal loans that you have available to you right so you before. want a minimal ratio of the private yes, loans yeah. exactly um and the other thing is make sure you have an honest conversation with your parents about whether or not they are taking out loans for you 
a lot of people have parents who take out loans for their kids and don't tell them. Oh, yeah. So um, your parents will be offered what's called a plus loan. Uh, usually, as long as your parents are um, U.S. legal U.S. residents or or citizens, they will be offered what's called a plus loan. A plus loan, it does not affect your credit. However, a lot of people feel kind of like they need to help their parents repay them after. Um, but also your parents will can often take out loans kind of in your name, <laughs> right? Um, a co-signed student loans, quite often your parents will co-sign on loans in your name. That will affect both your credit. So that's important to know because if you default on the loan, if they default on the loan, you're hurting each other's credit. So it's just important to know that they can affect more than you. Another thing about student loans, you can pay your student loans back while you're in school. Um, I know some people who've managed to pay off all their student loans while they're in school. Oh, wow. That's a, uh, that's which a lot is, of work study. Which is really cool. Yeah. The, essentially, summer jobs is what uh, caused them to do that. But what a lot of people choose to do is they'll try to choose to pay the interest on their student loans while they're in school. Oh, that makes sense. Which they're is not growing. Yeah. Then you don't have that compounding interest working against you. Some student loans don't accrue interest while you're in school, um, which is why I say... Make sure you know what loans you have. <laughs> yeah. um, but that can be a really good way. Just know that you, you there's nothing that says you have to wait until after graduation. Um, so that's one of the really big deals. All right. In the similar category of financial aid, even if you think you won't qualify, so if your parents make good money or something like that and you feel like you probably don't qualify, you may be surprised. So fill in the FAFSA, the free application for financial student aid. Uh, it's a beautiful name. It's a with, nice acronym. With <laughs> estimated information as close to January 1st as possible. So it opens in January 1st for the next school year. Um, every year, most every year. Sometimes they're, <clears throat> sometimes they're not great about it. Yep. <laughs> um, but uh, you will have to use the previous year's tax information, which you probably won't have filed your taxes by January 2nd. Um, but you can use estimated information. I'm thrilled I don't have to deal with the thefts anymore. That's one of the worst documents I've it ever is... encountered. And if you go to a private school, quite often they'll have this additional thing called the compass, uh, which is like had that. a new – it's essentially like – it's a different way to try to make you not qualify for more aid. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, and it costs money. It's a, Or the CSS profile is one of the ones that a lot of people have to fill out. Yeah, anyway. I was like 17 filling that out and like didn't know anything about taxes and like hadn't. Yeah. It's really, yeah, really yeah, complicated. So the other thing is like if you are confused by the FAFSA and you're having trouble filling it out because it's a really confusing form or your parents are dragging your feet on it and you need your parents to fill it out. If you're under the age of 24 and enrolled as an undergraduate, you usually need your parents to fill it out, even if you like don't really talk to your parents. You, mm -hmm. you they still have to put in their information, um, and unfortunately, a lot of parents will try to like hold that information hostage in order to control their kids. Um, so, one thing you can do is if your parents like if you're no contact with your parents, if you have parents that maybe are <clears throat> not great, um, you one thing you can do is ask for a waiver from your school to prove that you're independent and emancipated from your parents or that they've gone no, no contact or that they're incarcerated one of those things right, that's um, important. you can ask for a waiver they can be really hard to get um, but it is worth it if you are not filling in FAFSA even though you should qualify for aid because your parents are holding that over your head yeah, so, oh, yeah. or just important. you can't get in touch with them which is like another thing <laughs> that happens um, and the thing is that filling in in close to January 1st with estimated information the reason this is important is because the FAFSA work study hours are limited by campus. 
So a lot of the aid is a first come first serve basis. So if you go to a school like a community college that has a lot of students that will qualify for federal work study, you might not get all the hours that you are entitled to based on your income because you applied late. So that's why it's important to apply early because in a lot of schools it is first come first serve. Okay, I understand. Yes. Yeah. It's stupid but anno- and annoying, but it's true. All right. Next piece of advice, which applies whether or not you live in the States, is figure out the resources on campus. In some places where school is less expensive, they have less resources on campus, like in Germany, where school is free. But uh, there's a lot of resources on campus that can really help your finances. Health centers often have free tampons, pads, condoms, even sometimes like cold medicine. Mm -hmm. Um, Many campuses have free or very cheap child care on campus if you have kids. Um, many groups offer free food, like yes, be like the vegetarian society or like themed dorms or groups for specific countries. Like, you know, the German society will like have a sausage roast or whatever. Uh, and I like, feel like college is a great place to really hone your, hone free, your food free food sk- skills. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. And there's like a lot of schools will have important a mi- if you enter the nonprofit field. <laughs> uh, very important. And a lot of schools will even have like mailing lists or like group chats for free food on campus at Reed. We, it was called the Vultures Group. And That's essentially funny. whenever a department like had a party or something and there was like leftover catering food, a, a alert would go out on that list to like run to the psych building or whatever and go get the free pizza that's left over (laughs) that's great um a lot of schools will offer what's called emergency aid which is essentially like if you have something crop up an emergency in your family you might be able to apply for additional emergency aid or an emergency grant um and a lot of schools have mutual aid clothing closets or food banks always check the queer society for a clothing closet they almost always have them Mm. if you have a group on campus uh the bookstore at my school offered book scholarships textbooks are one of those things that can cost way too much oh yeah so um if you need to buy them you can try to like apply for book scholarship otherwise one thing i did is i pretty much use the library all the time because there will be a reserve book for your for whatever your course mm-hmm, is mm-hmm. and uh you could check it out for two hours and i would just try to always get my homework done in two hours and my reading done in two hours on the reserve copies um and you know often you can find like a buddy to share the textbooks with so there's a lot of ways to reduce textbook costs um at my school the computer services department allowed you if you were low income to borrow a laptop for the whole semester oh, that's neat um which is really cool Um, A lot of schools offer free trips and outings to things like the opera or sports games like, you know, you can go do things for free. (laughs) Um, And many schools offer free tutoring. So I was lucky to go to a school where tutoring didn't have like a stigma around it. Like it was expected that at some point you need tutoring for some class. But I got two hours of private tutoring a week at my college. That sounds useful. Yeah. Super helpful. Um, And almost all American colleges and most UK colleges will have a free gym. So don't pay for a gym membership if you're uh, on campus. school, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, you're you're paying for it with your student fees. Um, And then that segues into if you're in the States, make sure you understand your health insurance. Not all college health insurance plans are what are called ACA approved. So all of the things that we've talked about with ACA plans, you need to understand that colleges are are often an exception to that. And they have what are called catastrophic plans. So they may just cover you in a catastrophic circumstance. Um, And if you're on if you're under 26 and you're able to be on your parents plan and they live in another state, you may not have in network providers in your city. 
That is an important mm. thing to know. That was something I never thought about while I was on my parents' health care. Yeah. So mm-hmm. do a search on in-network providers for your parents' health insurance. Make sure you just have your card. This is one of those things where people will be like, oh, yeah, I know I'm covered under my parents' plan. And they like don't even know what their health insurance plan is. <laughs> so like, make sure you have your card. Make sure you know where the nearest um, in-network providers are, especially if you have regular health needs, like you're going to need to go get medication refilled or something like that. And uh, if you have an on-campus health center, find out if they can help you with getting things fulfilled because sometimes you can go have a free appointment at the on-campus health center if you need to like get a medication refilled or something instead of going to possibly an out-of-network provider or something like that. Um, This is my advice for everyone, whether or not you're in the States or not and stuck on our terrible health insurance. Start a goal from the time you go into college to save a nest egg for after school. So whether or not you're in grad school or an undergrad give yourself some buffer after graduation to, you know, start a new job, move to a new city, get a new apartment if you have to move out of the dorms, whatever it is. So if you make $2,000 your savings goal, all you need to do is save nine fifty dollars a week over four years <laughs> to have that 2000 by yeah. the end. Like, if you start early... Oh, well, that's nice having, like, a limit. Yeah, your four years. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If you've got four years or two years, whatever it is, like, figure out what that nest egg is. If you want to move cross-country and move to New York City Im- immediately after graduation, that nest egg is going to have to be larger than if you plan on staying in the same cheap, low cost of living city and you know moving into an apartment across from campus or whatever right so figure out what that that amount is um but you know 950 a week to save two thousand dollars that's less than one hour of work study work per week so um, (laughs) that's a good goal and if you're looking to build that up and you know you don't you don't make a regular income um you might get a tax refund in the states if you're uh, not an international student you might very well get a tax refund uh if you have like any earned income from the previous year uh, through the HOPE credit and things like that. And tax refunds are an excellent option for helping build up that nest egg. All right. Understanding your meal plan, if you have one. It's important. This is so important. <laughs> so I was lucky enough that I I, I lived off campus. Um, and so I didn't have to deal with this. But a lot of American schools will require you to live on campus. And they will also require you to have a meal plan. But there's usually different options for the meal plans. Sometimes they're closed meal plans where, like, you just... You can go in and it's all you can eat, but it's, uh, you know, one meal at a time. Mm-hmm. Um, some of them are like uh, more like debit cards where there's a certain amount put on it per semester. And you, you can get like, a certain amount of meals per y- Yeah, or cycle. not just yeah. meals. Like sometimes you just buy things for a price, oh, right? Oh, I see, yeah. Um, that's how my college was, um, which is great because you can like take it out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the, and then the have some more hall. variables you right. can control. Um, so under make sure you understand it. If you go to a really big campus, there might be cheaper dining halls. I know at my first school, if I walked across campus, I could spend like $2 less per meal um, on the other side of campus than on the in the like close dining hall. Yeah. So if I was willing to, you know, go for a walk or like plan my schedule around it, I could I could spend less money. Um, that's also just good for figuring out where the good food is. Um, the other thing to know is that sometimes you can, like, if you have extra leftover at the end of the semester, sometimes you you have to, like, opt in, but you can carry it over to the next semester, but you have to know, like, what the status is around that. And if you, like, hate the on-campus food and you're, like, never able to, like, if you have special dietary needs and you're, like, diabetic or something and you have a lot of trouble finding food at the meal plan, 
and you're like cooking all of this and you hate that you're spending money on it, you can ask for a waiver to opt out of the meal plan if they require yeah, so it. So you don't have to pay a bunch. So for you don't have to pay a bunch. Like, yeah. I, you know, I like I know this is less true these days, but like if there's no vegan options and you're vegan, you might be able to apply for a waiver and just be like, ah, oh, there's nothing for me to eat. So like, I don't want to pay you guys $2,000 a semester for food I'm not going to eat. Um, the other thing is change it up or down if that makes sense so if you're always going over your meal plans and you're paying more then you know opt up the next semester do the math figure out if it makes sense for you to go down or if you're never eating on campus because you like work an off-campus job and you never can make it to the dining hall see if you can change your meal plan to a less like a less amount meal plan so just be aware um they obviously vary by campus but like be aware of what your meal plan is because they're usually like way more than making your own food. So it's one of these areas where you can really make a huge difference in both your daily life and um, and your budget overall if you yeah, gotta, understand it. Got to make the most out of those things. <laughs> My German university, we didn't have a meal plan, but we there was like a cool place in the basement that was like a student run co-op and meals were like two euros there cool. which was and included a beer of course because germany Match. <laughs> uh, <laughs> okay do your research on on-campus fellowships and programs i know a lot of this has just been doing your research and it can feel really overwhelming because i just told you to research like 10 well, things do your research going to college what do you think you're going to do there yeah um <laughs> there are a ton of on-campus fellowships and programs in a lot of places you may have if even if you weren't great in high school and you didn't get any scholarships for college you have turned over a new leaf you might have more scholarships available to you than you know um i was able to get my college to pay for me to do a different thing every summer including like they paid for me to live in germany and cool. go attend university there they paid for me to live in india and work with a women's seed saving collective in the national forest um that was like with an on-campus fellowship they paid for me to be interim executive director of a lobbying nonprofit for a summer uh they like literally just paid my salary to be able to do that and they paid for me to do research with a professor over the summer which meant i got to do research with international monetary fund data sets so I got a lot of really cool opportunities, and that was simply because I tracked heavily every single fellowship yeah. <laughs> that I could. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you have to know about these opportunities to take advantage of them. Um, and one of those things was that I heavily researched on-campus jobs before I came, and I was lucky. Like, obviously, I had a lot more work experience going into school than most people at my liberal arts school, um, so I pretty much got any job I applied for. Um, but the advantage of this was that I was very strategic with the kind of jobs I wanted. So I worked at the library, which mean I didn't have to pay library fines. I worked at the <laughs> computer user services, which mean I didn't have to pay for printing, which made a huge difference. And I got an on-campus locker and office from that job. Oh, that's good. Which, like, it wasn't a private office, but I had access to an office, which was really great because I commuted an hour each way to school. So having that locker on campus made a huge difference. And that office meant that, you know, <clears throat> occasionally I slept there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Game game the system. And then Make I, the most of it. <laughs> exactly. And I also worked at the career services department. And because I worked at career services, I knew about every fellowship that came down the pipeline mm -hmm. in school. And I also knew what alumni were well connected in the field I wanted to work in. And so I managed to meet all the alumni by working at career services. So think think bigger than just money when it comes to on-campus jobs. Yeah. But the benefits. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, and then last but not least, I, I, I'm trying to coin the phrase uh, predatory acceptance. But remember that college is a business. Mm-hmm. Being accepted in a college or a grad program does not necessarily guarantee higher earnings or even a job. Do your research. Remember, they make money on you being there. So make sure that this program and college is actually a good choice for you. Make sure if you're accepted into a grad program and they claim that they have, you know, fellowships that will help you pay your expenses, make sure that you actually have a chance of getting those. If there's one TA position for, you know, 35 grad students in a program, well, you don't have super great odds for that one TA ship and they make money off you being there otherwise. So just make sure that the program and college is actually a good choice for you and you're not just sinking money into something because, you know, you don't want to go get a real job and you want to go to grad school or whatever. (laughs) Do your research. Game the system, I think is yeah. That's <laughs> that's our system. and budget. Also, yeah. <laughs> do, track your expenses, game the system, do your research. There we go. Love it. Um, I hope that wasn't too overwhelming, and you actually found those good tips. Um, I wish I had known all of this. The other thing is like, if you do none of these, except one, I would say it would be tracking your expenses yeah. because the power that information will give you will make everything a lot easier. Um, but I also hope that maybe you don't just take out every student loan offered to you and you do your research. That's the yep. other thing I hope. Yep. Let us know how it went. Let us know what mistakes you made. There's lots of interesting things we can ask listeners here. Yeah. Are you in college? Did you get out of college? Yeah. I, I would love to hear if you if you have a tip for college success that I didn't mention, please give it to me. I, I haven't lived in dorms for like 17 years, so I don't have any dorm tips. <laughs> um, so yeah, I would love I would love to hear. Do you have any cool tips? Or uh, if you're just now in college, like props to you for listening to a personal finance show. And uh, I yeah. hope. <laughs> I, I wasn't in college. <laughs> hey, well, that wraps our show for today. And we love hearing from you. So email us all the stuff we asked for, as well as any additional financial worries or successes at questions at ohmydollar.com or you can tweet us at at anomalily or at ohmydollar our producer is will Romy. our intro music is by aaron parecki and your host and personal finance educator is me lillian Kerbake. thank you for listening until next time remember to manage your money so it doesn't manage you